Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hallelujah. Welcome the word of the Lord in the house. Hallelujah. Let there be light. Speak to us, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. I realize um, there's many people that live in secret. You know, there's more people live in secret in the church than they are outside the church. We live in secret. We hide. Our lives is secret. We don't want nobody to know what we're doing. Even if we ain't doing nothing bad, we don't want them to know it. Occasionally, it's okay if they know something that we did good, but we don't want nobody to know it. Where did, where did the thought of living in secret come from? Where did, where did hiding come from? Uh-huh. Good answer. The garden. Somebody's awake. From the garden. It begins there. So the reason we hide is because we don't want to be judged. It's not because we don't want nobody knowing our business. We don't want to be judged. And we get in that habit, even if we're not doing anything wrong, we don't want nobody to know what we're doing. Because we don't want to be judged. And because of the law of sin and death, there's always... Something in us we're hiding. And because some of us, you know, we have one sin or something that, that's in our life. And so we're hiding that. And I understand why we would hide that. But what it does is it, it creates this habit of hiding. Jesus came to the people living in darkness. But most did not want Jesus... Because he was light. And their deeds was darkness. Now when we say their deeds is darkness, generally what we, we assume that means is that, you know, you're doing a lot of wicked things. But what if you just developed a habit of being in secret? Huh? You used to sell drugs and, and so you was in secret and you're looking over your shoulder. You ain't sold drugs in 20 years. You just developed that habit. Huh? Yes? You used to fornicate 15 years ago, but you developed a habit. So you're always hiding. And you're always thinking somebody thinks you're after their man. Because you developed that, and it came all the way from the garden. This thing of hiding. We're always fearful. Huh? And we encourage other people to be fearful. Church people telling other church people, don't tell nobody your business. Don't tell them you're busy. 
Now, here's another aspect of hiding. One aspect of hiding is you're doing something wrong, you don't want to be judged. The other aspect of hiding is, as in the concept, don't tell nobody your business. Because you're judging other people are being judging. You're judging others of judging. So the reason you keep secrets and the reason you hide is because of observing the law. Verse 10 of this scripture says that no one, anyone who lives or relies upon observing the law is under a curse. So if you are a secret person, you are a cursed person. And when I say you're cursed, I mean you're so cursed that you don't have the freedom to live your life. So much for secret agents. Bond is going to hell. <laughs> Think about it. You live in secret. Right? Everything you do is in secret. You're hiding. Some of the things you hide because you assume somebody's going to judge you. A lot of your life you just hide because you assume somebody's going to judge you even if you ain't doing nothing wrong. And, and don't we have the concept of people? They're going to judge me even though I ain't doing nothing wrong. That means you live by observing the law. So you live your life in secret. That's why Trinidadians like high walls. I'm not so sure it's to keep the bandit out. You don't want nobody to know your business or what you got because you assume they're going to judge you or they're going to try to take it. You're judging everybody. So we live in secret. But here's the thing. If you live in secret, Jesus says you don't hide a light. You set it out on a table for everybody to see. If you live in secret, you're not living a life. You're not alive. You're living in darkness. You're a cockroach. Uh, can you imagine these cockroaches? They just... They're in the, they're in the dark club. An, another name for a nightclub. The dark club. Uh, why don't we just call it what it is? It's not a nightclub. It's a dark club. They got the lights off. It's a dark club. So you, you party in it until the light comes on. And then you grab your cockroach stuff and you hide. You run. And if anybody's ever watched a cockroach, he runs to a shadow. Now, mind you, the cockroaches, sometimes they're like this. I don't want my neighbor to know what I'm doing. I don't want the church to know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't, don't tell people your business, you know. Don't tell people. When that light comes on, run. <laughs> Think.
think about it. Most likely you never thought about this before. You like to live in secret. Huh? As if you were a well-known or notorious gangster, but you like to live in secret. But are you living life? Are you living life? Huh? We come to church, but everything we do is in secret. Yeah. Left over from the garden. Everything we do, left over from our youth. Or, or maybe we're, we're a child. And so we're used to doing wicked things behind our parents' back. So we just get in this habit. We're just always living in secret now. But to live in secret is to live in darkness. Those who have learned Satan's so-called dark secrets. So it's not just about it's not just about evil deeds that we're hiding and we don't want to be judged for, but we develop a life of hiding. Now what you are is a Jew, even if you claim to be a Christian, because you're always hiding. You're always trying to do the right thing, and, but you, you, you live in a secret life. That is not living. That's not living. Some of you are not shy people. You're not quiet people. You're dark people. It's got nothing to do with your education. It's got nothing to do with your, your humility and you're just a quiet person. You ain't a quiet person. You're an unfriendly person. And you live in darkness. And why? Because, nah, me, I don't like backing now. I just, I go and do my thing. I go to church. I say my little prayer. Everything in your life is little, including your brain. I say my little prayer. Uh, what does that even mean? I, I, I just slip into church. I've heard people say that. I just slip into church and slip out. I, I say my prayer. What, what does that mean? <laughs> it's not like you're slipping into prison or, you know, somewhere like that, you know. You're not free. You know you're not free. You judge yourself. You think other people judge you. And you why shouldn't you think other people judge you? Because you judge them. Huh? If you judge somebody, and you're always judging this person, when you do something wrong in front of them, you're convinced they're going to judge you at the same measure you judge. You live observing the law. Or this morning we, we come to the revelation that we live observing the belt. Hmm? We, do, we do things because of the belt. We do bad and we hide because of the belt. We don't want licks. So living, observing the belt is like observing law. The belt is law. Right? The belt is symbolic of law. The belt is symbolic of the Bible. The most beautifulest book ever written 
and we're scared of it. The book that was to bring redemption, we're terrified of it. Especially when we start talking about beast. See, when Jesus came, he didn't come just to forgive you and get you to forgive other people. That's one part of redemption. So, we believe, in our small minds, we believe that the Lord come to redeem us. So he came to forgive my sins, forgive my debts, and get me to forgive other people's sins and debts, and there we go. That's it. But that is only the beginning of redemption. The Lord not only come to pay you a debt to law, but he come to set you free from law. What we think is that means, okay, I've been forgiven, so, so you know, my sin is no longer against me. Nobody's no longer judging me. But that's not what it means. It means he's taking you out of the mindset. Not only forgiving me, but he's taking me out of the mindset of law. Because before I was forgiven, I began to feel this judgment and condemnation all around me. That's why I would come to church. That's why we get saved. And so the Lord, he, he redeems us. He, he pays our debt so we feel better. But we didn't receive all of it. He wants to take you out of the whole mindset that you've lived in all your life. Observing law and observing the belt. Observing the law and observing the belt, which is the same thing. You're afraid of punishment or you're doing good to avoid the belt. Any child ever do good to avoid the belt? You know you're not a good child. Huh? But my mama, she could, she could out-wrestle anybody. So you, you, you're just doing and observe the belt. Huh? Your mama got muscles because of you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so either you're hiding to avoid the belt, avoid the law, or you are being good to avoid the belt or the law or the wrath of God. So you have not been set free from it. So not only does the blood of Jesus... Not only does Jesus redeem me from my sin, he died in my place. Not only does he do that, not only does he forgive me, I feel better, but he also came to take me out from law so that I would not live under law anymore. So I would not live under observing the law anymore. So I would not live under the fear of the belt. But to do that, to be out from under law, means my mind changes, and I understand it's about love and not about law. So I don't condemn myself, even when I mess up. I forgive myself, but I don't forgive, I don't condemn others. I forgive others as well. That's what it means to come out from under the law. So not only did he free you from the law, the judgment part of the law, he also wants to to bring you and free your mind so that your mind don't work in law any longer. Mm. Now some of you, some of you not catching this. Some of you caught it from this morning, but you're still not catching the whole beauty of this. Is 
My mind is under law. It doesn't matter if I get forgiven. I am still a creature of law. I am still a creature of sin and death. I'm still a creature, you do me wrong, I get even. I'm still a creature of not showing you much grace. When he, when he frees me from law, that means I no longer live by observing the law or the belt. Huh? We can understand that a child, the parent has the belt, we can understand that that child is fearful of the belt. The belt is the law. Never mind, there's a lawgiver is the belt you're scared of. Yes. And never mind, it's the person holding the belt that could show you grace, but you're still watching that belt. You're still watching the belt. You don't know if there's grace in that mama's eyes or not. You're watching the belt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when you have not been set free from the law, it don't matter how nice God is, you're watching the belt. You're watching the belt. You bring your Bible back? You didn't bring your Bible back? It what? It really? Some of the sweetest things and the most loving things I've ever heard in my life came from this book. I have never seen anything harsh in this book. A few things hard to understand by my flesh. But most of us still read this book as a belt. Not his life. Belt. Punishment. Oh, you tell yourself you love the Lord, but you're watching the belt. You're watching the belt. Anybody see that illustration? Mm. Now, I know some of you know more about belt than some of you. <laughs> some of you know a lot about a belt. Some of you should have learned a lot about a belt, but you didn't. Hmm. Hmm. Is it true? Is it true? I don't want to reveal all my belt experiences. Is it true <laughs> that you watch the belt more than you do the person holding the belt? So is it possible you watch the wrath more than you watch God? Is it possible you watch the Bible and your concept of the Bible? I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with the book. It's the way you look at it. A belt can hold your pants up. Glory to God. But a belt could hang. A belt could give you legs. When you see this word, how you look at it, is it saving? Or are you afraid of what's in it? You tell yourself you love God, but you're watching it. Is it possible you're watching the belt so much? Huh? What if Daddy just come through? Maybe he just took his belt off. He come through. And you see Daddy with the belt. 
Are we catching it? We catching it? Is it possible that you are a Christian, but you're scared of the belt? If you're scared of the belt, then you're still under law, and you have not been set free of law. Not been set free. And that's what I mean. When Jesus redeems us, he not only redeems us from the condemnation that we're feeling. So that feels good. And then we've got to forgive other people. If we don't feel other people, forgive other people, we don't feel good either. Because we're holding that against them. So not only does he forgives us and he pays our debt. But it's to bring us out so that we no longer live under law. We no longer live under the belt. Now, daddy walking around with a belt. Ah, it's, yes sir, no sir. But that doesn't mean that you are good. And of course, most of us know that we cannot be perfect anyway, observing the law. We always fall short. And everybody around us falls short. We know that. But the whole focus is, if you're observing the law, it, it ain't got nothing to do with love. I don't even have the freedom to love. I call it love. But actually what I mean when I say I love God is I don't love licks. And when I tell God I love him it's because I don't love licks. Which says that even though we're Christians, most of us are under a curse. And it says all those who rely upon the law or observing the law that we are under a curse. Whether we're good at it or bad at it. Because we have not yet come out from under law. Jesus came to redeem you, not just from your sins. But to redeem you from that mind. That's always critical. Always negative. Amen. Can't see nothing positive. Now I understand that sometimes you've got to make tough decisions. Just because you come to a place of, of not observing the law. That doesn't mean you don't have to make tough decisions sometimes. But it means you learn to do everything in love. What is the right thing to do here? Huh? You don't beat your child because it feels good. You beat your child because they're not listening and you, and you want to save them from destruction. Or That's why you give them licks. Huh? Most people beat their children because it feels good. And then it feels bad. It's like sin. Isn't it? The pleasures of sin for a moment. So you beat your child, it feels good, and then you feel terrible. Am I talking to anybody? You know it felt good because you jumped up without thinking and grabbed the belt and just went ta 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 ta, and then you felt bad. You know why you felt bad? Because you did it in anger. You didn't do it in love. And then sometimes we don't do it, or after we, we 
if we calm down, then we won't give them licks. But see, that's not licks. That's not that's that's not love either. Why you don't give them licks? Because it don't feel good. For who? For you. We're terrible parents. Huh? Is that true? Those of you that, that like to give licks, right? You feel bad afterwards. You say you don't feel bad. You try to convince yourself you don't feel bad. But you feel bad because the truth is you did not do it in love. And then those of you that says, let me calm down first. And how many licks do they deserve that you never gave them? See, all of it's about feeling good. It's about you feeling good. It's not about love. It's all selfish. So a lot of times, our disciplining our children is selfish. It's based on how we feel. Is that true? So that's another concept of us living under law. We just live under the belt. We live observing this. And, and we're, just, we're all living in this fear. But it's not life. It's not life. So you have to make decisions sometimes. But you do it in love. You have to discipline your children sometimes. You do it in love. It's not about what feels good for you. And that's the same thing if you're, you're a, a minister or if you're a politician or if you're uh, whoever you are. A boss. It, it, it's, it's about doing it in the loving way. So when you do it in the loving way, you're not under the law. Right? Huh? You, you might slap your child and they pick themselves up and they never do that again. Now this is the point. How do you feel about that? Was it under law? Was it under punishment? Hmm? So we, we have this tendency everything we do is law. God wants to save you not only from the, the, the condemnations of, of things you've done in the past, and, and a lot of times we did those things out of guilt and different things like that, but he wants to bring you out of this mindset where you're no longer living under the belt. You're no longer living under the law. And if you're not living under the law, you show grace to people. But if you're not showing grace to people, you're still living under law. It doesn't change truth, but it's just the way you look at it. It's the Bible. You look at the Bible itself. Huh? You reverence it, but are you scared of it? Perfect love casts out fear. So we come to a place, and God wants us to come to this place where we don't live under that law. We live under love. We don't live in fear of being punished by God. We know he's forgiven. But because we love him, we do the right things. Because we love. But if I threaten you, how do I know you love me? Hmm? If I say to you, unless you do this, right? Right? That's not love. Anybody understand that? But the church is made up of this hypocrisy. It's made up of it. We reign in it. Why? Because we're just basically Jews with a new name. 
And when I'm talking about Jews, I'm talking about those who lived under the law. We just, we under the law, but we use the name Jesus, but we live in this hypocrisy of, that we under law. We're judging people. You can get killed quicker in church than you can anywhere else. Well, maybe not killed, but you wish you was dead by the time they quit, quit looking at you. Huh? Huh? Ain't, ain't nobody can make you feel bad like a church person. Huh? And, and especially some of these old mamas that's got degrees. Huh? You can't even breathe right. Well, everything you do, you can't do nothing right. You ever go in church? You're scared in church. And you say, Ooh, God is in here. That ain't God. <laughs> I mean, you go in church and you're scared. I don't know. I don't know how, how we're supposed to do in here, you know. It's scary in here. And we think, Ooh, I feel the presence of God. You don't feel the presence of God. You feel the presence of a belt. About to take in after your backside. Huh? If not that, Granny with her with her Bible belt, you know. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Huh? You grew up under that, didn't you? Huh? You grew up under that. Terrified of it. Huh? Huh? I can't remember your story exactly. Nicole found you in Guyana, right? Huh? But you was running from her. She thought God none sent a punisher after her. Is that the truth? You hear that laughing? It's exposing things in her. She was under that Bible bed. She was raised on the line. Well, you know, things can have its purpose, but is that what God has called us to? Yes, we should, we should have reverence for the house of God. We have, should have reverence for the minister or the choir, or whoever's singing, whoever's preaching, whoever's speaking. We should have reverence. But we should do that because we love and we respect. So that when you get that position, you would get the same respect. Right? But here's the thing. In most churches, what we have is the belt. The belt. Huh? The belt. Don't touch the anointing. <laughs> Every preacher knows that, but they don't know where it's at in the Bible. They never bothered to look it up. Let's see what it really means. Now, let me ask you a question. So you, 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 you find these, don't touch the anointing. Something bad. What happened to you? You speaking in tongues now, are you? You ain't going on Baba, are you? That's, that's the right tongues. Baba. 
don't touch the anointing. But wait a minute. Jesus was the most anointed person there's ever been. And sinners were touching him. Not only that, they killed him. But we have a new meaning to don't touch the anointing. Uh, and granted, the people still under a curse that killed him. Generations after, but that, that's not the point. The point is, fear and licks don't make nobody a better person. Now maybe, first thing is, life has its licks. It's called karma. People are going to get what's coming to them. That's just the way the world's created. It ain't got nothing to do with, with, with Michael and, and Gabriel. The world is created of the such. Bad begets bad. Live by the sword, die by it. Which is law all by itself. But God come to save us from that. But the reality, and, and, and maybe, you know, maybe some of these licks, maybe sometimes it, it wakes us up. Say, hey, I don't want to die. This is terrible. This, this pain is unspeakable. This is so embarrassing. This is so shameful. Well, understand. But that's not the way salvation is meant to be. I can't make you love me with licks. I can't make my child love me with licks. I can make them sit down and behave out of fear and out of terror. I brought you into the world. I can take you out. True. But it don't make you love it doesn't make you love. It's just fear of the belt. And Jesus says, our righteousness must increase that of the Pharisees. What did he mean by that? Your righteousness must increase that of the Pharisees. He's not talking about the wicked Pharisees. You know, some of them believed in Christ. He's talking about those individuals who live under law. You're doing things for me because you're afraid of me. You're doing things for me because you want something from me, saith the Lord. You're a good Christian, yes? You, do, you don't watch porn because you're scared of me and you want my blessings. And you know my eyes are everywhere, but that doesn't mean you don't still love porn. And the reason some of us can't get rid of our sins is because we still love our sins. We just gave them up because we don't want to die. Which is a good start. But you still have a porny heart. Am I telling the truth? But here we are, church people. We done covered it up with our church clothes on. 
And maybe we don't even watch it in secret, but we got a porny heart all the way down to our big toe. And we think, God don't see. But we're terrified. So we do all these things. We repent. We do all things because we want a dollar. We want life to be better. But God wants you to be rich with love. Because when you're rich with love, all matters of blessings will follow. But here's the next thing. God don't want to spend eternity with you and you up there scared to death of him. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to come into this place and we terrified of him. We love him. And where there's love, there's respect. And granted, sometimes we need to be taught what respect he is. And then we say, oh, oh, I see that. That was very disrespectful. Yeah. Because some of us don't have a clue about respect. You know? <laughs> but here's the thing. We learn it. And that's the whole millennium. That's the whole thousand years. That's this period of grace because nobody want, God don't want nobody to perish. So we have these periods where there's grace. I, I forgive you for your insults. I forgive you, you know, for your disrespect. Come on. You're going to get it right. You're going to get it right. You can do this. Right? But you can't get it right if you're watching the belt. You can't get it right watching the belt. You can't get it right watching the law. Every minute you think God's going to get you. Huh? Yes, you may fall short. But reason sometimes you fall short is, do you know your fear of the belt can get you in a lot of trouble? Your fear of the belt, your fear of law can actually make you sin more. Because you're under pressure. You're under stress. And because a lot of our sins has to do with comforting. And so we, we're under pressure. You know how many people come to church? You know how many couples come to church and fight afterwards? You know how many people, you know, you know how many people have a bad day on Sunday? These people, their worst day of the week is Sunday. And they went to church. I'm telling you, it's so. It's so. Why? Because we're under stress. Some of us, we come to church. We don't come because we love God. We come because we're afraid of the belt. And God has a long belt. Huh? God has a long belt. See? If you're Ishmael's child versus, versus Percival's child, you stand a better chance. Why is that? Why is that? If you're Ishmael's child, you stand a better chance being Ishmael's child than Percival's child. Why? Percival got a bigger belt. (laughs) 
The reach is further! Every anti child, you can do anything you want, you know. Colleen's. But when you have a mama, she don't even have to run. See, some of us, you know, we, we respected our parents. We, we wasn't the one that says, I don't care how much you whoop me, right? I don't care how many licks you get me. I ain't going to change. But some of us, we actually tried to become at least what they wanted us to be. Anybody ever try to just be what somebody wanted them to be? Yes. You lying, you deceiving spirit. Anybody in church this morning, you just you're just trying to be what you think God wants you to be. You're not letting him into your heart and letting him change your life. You, you don't even realize his love. That's why you like him old rough scriptures. You don't realize how much he loves you because you, you're trying to live in fear of the belt. You're under the belt. You're under the law. And because that's your mentality, even at coming into church, you never experience the love of the Holy Spirit. Huh? The reason some of you, somebody's asking this question, a similar question. Some of you, you don't speak in tongues. You know why you don't speak in tongues? You're scared for God to be here, let alone come inside. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> you scared to speak in tongues? Why? Why are you scared to speak in tongues? Why? You know why you're scared to speak in tongues? Because you're afraid you're going to say something wrong. Is that the truth? That's the truth. You're afraid you'll do it wrong. That's why you don't speak in tongues. That's why some of you don't prophesy. The reason you don't, the reason you don't experience that from God is... You know, it's kind of like the Israelites, you know. Uh, uh, and when they came out of, of Egypt, they told Moses, they said, you go talk to him. We'll stay right here. Whatever he says, we'll do it. That's the Old Testament. But some of us live like that now. Prophet, whatever God says, tell me, I'll do it. That's not love. I'm not going to fall for that. That's not love. No, you, you're afraid. You don't trust him. You don't trust that he's loving. Huh? You think he made a mistake? He called you in this house and he's going to put his spirit inside of you? And he says, oh no. Huh? See, it's, it's like this with Ananias and Sapphira. You know, they, they sold their property. They could sell their property. And they could take the money and go on any kind of vacation, whatever they want to do. But they decide they're going to give some to the church. Because a lot of people was doing that. It was not a law. There was no law, sell your property, give it to the church. 
But there were some people doing that because they thought the kingdom of heaven was near. So they was doing that. And they was all sharing. So Ananias and Sapphira decided they're going to do that too. But we need a little extra money. So they kept part of it. Now, they did not have to sell the property and give it to the church. They could. And they could sell their property and give a piece to the church. But they sold their property and lied and said, here's the proceeds. And they died because they lied. And there's been a lot of people that's died approaching God. But the reason we die is because we do not trust his love and how loving he is. That's why we lie. They was afraid to tell the truth. You know, how many times have you lied just because you was afraid to tell the truth? True. And you know there's a chance you're going to be found out. You know God saw, but you still do it. Because you're afraid. And that's the state of the church. We're fearful. That's, that's why we're not speaking in tongues. or That's why we're not, not seeing visions. We're afraid to see a vision. We're afraid we're going to see our own death. <laughs> Get a vision. Somebody close to you is going to die. And it's not going to be the person we want to die. Because the bottom line is we don't trust God to be so much gooder than we are. We cannot perceive that. You know why we can't perceive God to be so good? Because we have not yet been brought out from under law. Our minds are under law. So Jesus came to redeem us not only from the bad feelings, the condemnation and all of that, but he came to bring our mind to a place outside of law. A place of love that existed in the garden, that existed with Abraham because Abraham, the promise was given to Abraham before there was law. But we make a law out of everything. Jesus says the Lord didn't delight in the sacrifices, even though the law required them. So it, it, it's, it's, it's coming out from under that law. Once you come out from under that law, now it's easy for you to believe that God loves you. Because he's not loving you, right? Because you're good. Or unloving you because you're bad. His love is not altered by your bipolarness. Huh? <laughs> His love is not altered by your depression. Uh, is not altered by your monthly or your weekly yearly it's not, it's not bothered he's the same how many times have we said that the Lord is the same yesterday today and forever that means you can't get the man angry when the Bible talks about the wrath of God it's talking about you punishing yourself it's talking about it's talking about the judgment that comes on you. But he come to save you. He didn't come to scare you. He come to save you. 
when we come out from under the law and out from under the belt, huh? just imagine that you grew up. Some of you can imagine this a lot more than others, but let's say you grew up under the belt. Yes? Up under the belt. You 40 years old. Your mama says something. You was trained by that belt. You jump up. You 40 years old. Yes, mama. Yes, mama. That belt has left an everlasting impression on you. Anybody understand? But that's not love. And what, what does mama say? Oh, my baby loves me. Even to this day, they still respect me. That's because they forgot that belt. Hmm? And mama was a big mama. Her reach was way out there, you know. Hmm? Hmm? Mama wasn't very athletic. But when I sinned, she could catch me. Because <laughs> you're under, that does, that's not love. And a lot of Christians sitting in church under law. Yes, we've been forgiven. But guess what? There's not a lot of change because our mind is still under law. But we call it respect. Got to respect the Lord. Can't laugh in church, you know. Huh? Got See, love will always have respect. Love will have a greater respect than law. Law will tell you how to respect. Love goes beyond. Hmm? Law tells you how much to give in church. Love never stops giving. Hmm? Hmm? One of the dumbest questions we have in the New Testament church. How much money I'm so to give? Hmm? Well, I don't know. Would you want to drive a Toyota or, or, or a Mercedes? You want to live in a one-story house, two-story house? Answer these questions, and I will tell you how much money you need to give. We don't say that, but we say that, right? Yeah. Huh? Oh, you've got to give this much, you've got to give that. But you're not giving in love. That's why we don't have no collection plate. I don't have a problem with churches doing that. Yes? So don't go and say, I'm judging other churches. I don't care. That's not my business. <laughs> my business is this house. Yes? There's a slot in the wall out there, if you want to give, somebody will show you where to give. But I have no remedies in here. You got to give this much. You gotta, because it's not in love. I'd rather have $5 in love than $20 in resentment. Uh, you give me $5 in love, I can sleep good. You give me $20 in resentment? Oh, you're going to be watching me? Mm. Somebody give me a new pair of shoes, you're going to say, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I get a suit, 
Oh, no, 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 no. I get a suit, you're going to talk about me? So you give me your love offering and leave the guilt altering somewhere else? Because we don't do guilt offering no more. Thanks to Christ. Is this true? Think about it. Everything in church is like this. And it needs to stop. It needs to stop. We need to be people that love and we're not afraid of the belt. If you want to come to church five years and never give a penny, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not saying there ain't consequences, but that's between you and the consequence board. <laughs> that's between, because the truth is, let's say you come here five years and you never give, right? You know you don't feel good inside. You know sooner or later, that's going to eat at you. You know, sooner or later, huh? sooner or later, you know, your kidneys ain't working good. And you're going to say, what's wrong? Oh, it's because I don't ever give. <laughs> That's what we do, you know. No, it has its own thing. Okay, so you come, you don't ever give. You have, you could give, but you don't give. That's, that's on you. That, that's your love or lack of love. But the thing is, we need to be free to love. Those of us that are truly loving need the freedom to love. And those of us that are learning, we need the freedom to learn. And those of us that have not yet learned to love, a belt is not going to make you love. It's going to make you do things as if though you love. It's going to make a good deceiver out of you. Make a good deceiver out of you. See, somebody could see you. Somebody could see you putting a hundred dollars in the offering box out there, and they think, "Ooh, that's a godly person." <laughs> that could be a sin offering. That may not be a thanks. You got to figure out what kind of offering it is. <laughs> Why you put that hundred in there? Yeah, is is that a love offering? Huh? Or are you paying the guilt of your porny heart? <laughs> what was that for? Huh? Isn't that true? So you don't know what they're doing. And that's why the Lord wants us to come to this place where we give freedom to love. Let's be the people that we are. Let's have the freedom to love. And to me, I don't like living under a belt. Anybody like living under a belt? Living under law, like everything, you know. When I, when I first started preaching, you know, like everybody else, you preach under law. Yeah. Now, a lot of my messages wasn't so lawful, but you preach under law. You afraid you're going to mess up? And God going to kill you? Here I am trying to preach. Yes, if I was sitting in the bar, I'd be safe. Oh no, I decided to answer the call. <laughs> if I, uh, I could be sitting in the bar on Sunday morning, I'm safe. But oh no, I answered the call to preach. Got my best suit on, you know. Reverencing God and all at once I say something wrong and I'm dead. Huh? Next thing you know, I'm in a hearse. 
driving by the bar? Man on the bar stool says them hypocrites. <laughs> no! I am trying. But somehow or another we don't understand that God sees the beauty in our efforts. And we don't understand it because our minds are lawful. We're never going to understand it until you get a new mind. The mind of Christ. You will never understand it. You will never know anything I'm talking about right now until you get a new mind. When you get that mind that is of love and not of fear. When you get that mind that's not under law. The Lord wants to come in and change your mind. The Bible says the mind controlled by the flesh is death. But the mind that is controlled by the spirit is life. When you get that mind, it's life. Hmm? We often say that people don't understand. You know, unsaved person can't understand what a saved person is going through. That is very true. Unsaved person can never understand your joy. But here's the question. Do you even understand your joy? Or do you have joy? Or are you just fearful of the belt? So you're going out trying to save people because you're fearful of the belt. Huh? The Lord said I had to save two people a day. That's why I saved some of them twice. <laughs> I just had suspicion that they didn't get saved right the first time. Huh? We're always questioning somebody's salvation. Rather than believing and having faith. Listen, you can be free of this bondage. That secret life. Now the world lives under it, but, but they're more naive than us. That's why us Christians probably have more heart attacks and stress. I don't know that for a fact, but I bet as a general rule, more Christians have more problems than people in the world. People in the world are naive. They know they're going to have to answer one day. Yes? But they're naive about it, so they just ignore it till it happens. What a blessed life. These poor old Christians. <laughs> They're shaking in their boots every day. Uh, uh, yes. When I first got saved. They used to scare me. No, actually they didn't scare me because I knew the Lord. But they could have scared me. I'm so glad I never went in the church till I got saved. They used to say this thing. At the ending. This is traditional churches at the, at the ending right they do their altar call you know they have their altar call after every service but then they'd say this thing if you die tonight do you know where you'd go <laughs> can you imagine from a child you lived up with that now the truth is it's a good question but it's just the way they asked it. They didn't say, if the night was your last night, hmm? does your heart right now believe that you'd spend eternity with God? Hmm? Verses, if you died tonight in your house all by yourself, when it's dark, are you going to be saved? 
or the demon's gonna drag you away. I don't know. Maybe some people need that gospel. And and maybe some of us got saved like that. Yes, true. But this is the day of Hollywood. Satan has conditioned us in such a way that fear don't have the effect it used to have. Does that make sense? But the truth is, are you really saved? So you're scared. Huh? And you know you have gas late at night, but it feels... Gas late at night feels like a heart attack or something. I don't it's not like gas during the day, right? So, the preacher gives that altar call. If you die tonight, do you know where you go tomorrow? Hmm. So you, you, you run yourself up here because you're scared. And you say the sinner's prayer. Whatever the, whatever the pastor say, repeat, you repeat it. With your whole heart. That's what they tell you. Oh, whew, I feel better. I saved. <laughs> Look, I'm, not, I'm not making light. Some of us get saved that way, right? I'm not making light of it, but in light of this revelation, and the truth is, did we really get saved? Oh, yes, we come to church. Every Sunday after that, you know. No, my week don't go right if I don't go to church. But that's not love. No. And there's a place for it. I'm not, I'm not condemning pastors that do that. I'm just saying. That could not be love, you know. That could just be fear. Some of us could be in church right now. And we're here because of fear. Not because we genuinely love God. We ain't had the chance to love God. we just running from the belt. And because we haven't had the chance to genuinely love God, we have not truly experienced God. Huh? Oh yes, sometimes, you know, our, our hair raises up. But, you know, any horror movie could do that, you know. That's not hardly salvation if your hair stands up, you know. I, w I wouldn't count that as salvation, you know. Beside them hairs ain't going to heaven. No way flesh and blood can. They ain't going to pay. We're going to be hairless. <laughs> Do you know this love of God? Huh? Some of these young people, they may just come to church because parents made them. And you say, my child's a good child. They go to church every Sunday. <laughs> yes, they'd be dead if they didn't. <laughs> and I got, no, I got no problem with the parent making their child go. I'm just saying the transition from that lawful mind may not have happened. It may just be out of fear. And I want people to know God and experience Him. So that you allow His Spirit to come inside of you. And you can know that joy. Huh? 
And I want some of us as ministers, yes, to quit ministering with the belt and minister with the spirit, the spirit of life, not the belt. And that some of us would move to a place that if you truly are anointed, and your anointing is, is truly outstanding, that Jesus said you will serve the lesser. Huh? Do you have an understanding? Can you sympathize with those caught up in stupidness? If you can't, you're not as anointed as you think. To be anointed. The greatest sign of being an anointed is how you handle insults. Hmm? Not Pastor Appreciation Day. How you handle the insults? You ain't got no anointing if you can't handle insults. You ain't got no anointing if somebody can't say no to you. You going to hell? <laughs> well, the Bible does say if they reject you, they reject me. But you can't handle that. So what, what anointing you got? If you got the anointing, hmm, your mind ain't critical. You have that grace and that mercy up there. Huh? Here's the thing. It's hard to get out of that mind, you know. Jesus says the love of most will grow cold. It's so, it's so easy to go back into self-defense mode. It's so easy to say, forget these people. It's so easy to say, hmm, let me mind my own business. There's a place where that's good. Some people say, let me mind my own business when you're minding other people's business. <laughs> uh, but if you trust the Lord and know that there's more to your salvation than just being set free of sin, knowing that he wants to carry you to a new way of thinking and a new way of living, huh? when you got this new mind, when you got this new mind, you don't say, Lord, what's taking so long? See, that's a lawful mind. You, you're judging God. Huh? The world may do it, but we're not called to do that. We're called to, to experience his love. And when you experience his love, you come out from all that judging. You come out from all that criticalness. And you come out from being so fearful. Huh? Yes, when you're young, you got gas. You laugh at it. You get over 30 and get gas? It's more serious. You feel a little pop in your back at 50? You see them wheelchairs. Is it true? All of us see visions, but we see the visions of the world coming to an end. Let's think about this. Think about this. And then we'll see if the Lord's got a word for anybody. You see, you see, you can turn on your TV or your gadget, and you can see men dressed in women's clothing. And what's your assumption? The world is coming to an end. 
Why? <laughs> a man has a, a dress on. And your conclusion is the world coming to an end. Huh? That man can't even go to war. He's going to scare He's going to tear his pantyhose. <laughs> Ain't no world coming to an end because of some goofy men. But that's the way we think, right? No. The Lord's just exposing things. That's what the Bible says. He's going to expose things. Nobody will know when the end's coming. Huh? The Bible doesn't say when you see men in women's clothes, the end is coming. Just because it happened in Sodom, I don't mean it's going to happen here. But we jump to that conclusion. Why do we jump to that conclusion? Huh? And, and, and we get serious with God when we see these things or we hear reports. Yes? These doom reports, we get serious with God. And it's good to repent. It's good to get serious with God, but why? Are you always so full of fear when God is so full of love? Let me say that again. Why are you so full of fear if God is so full of love? You can say, well, because I'm not a good person. I'm not as good as I need to be. But what part didn't you understand? God is full with love. When sin increases, His grace increases all the more. So let me ask you again. Why are you so fearful? Why do you expect such a bad ending in your life? Why do you believe getting older makes you crepid? Why do you believe getting older makes you crippled? Why do you believe getting older you're going to go mad, get dementia, get Alzheimer's? Some of y'all need Alzheimer's. Y'all would have a better life. <laughs> you can remember how bad it is. <laughs> so maybe the Lord gives some people. He don't give. He don't have those gifts. I've read the Bible several times. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit. None of them ever said Alzheimer's. <laughs> Gift of prophecy. Discernment, tongues, yes, never says anything about cancer, <laughs> doesn't say any of those things. Uh, why are you so fearful if God is so loving? Because, okay, you fall short. But what part you didn't hear? God is so loving. Why are you so afraid? You're afraid because fear has to do with punishment. First John says this. Perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And what is punishment? People under law. Why are you so fearful? 
So to get this new mind that God wants you to have, it doesn't mean that we just do anything we want. Oh no, you have love. You have love. I'd, I'd much rather have somebody loving around me than somebody lawful around me. Huh? Yes? If, if I have a church of love, people with love, right? If I mess up, they might forgive me. But if I got a bunch of lawful people, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> and whose fault is it? It's my fault because I taught you to be that way. Uh, so I'm trying to save my soul right now. <laughs> and yours. True. Kiss them on the love of Jesus. Uh, the love of Jesus. Uh, it's scary. It's easier for fearful people to trust law than it is to trust love. We think somebody's going to take advantage of us if we love. We think if we forgive and trust God, somebody's going to take advantage of us. So we go back to law. If that's you, you come back to love today. Come out of all that fear. Listen. You know, you know, it's easy to love somebody. You know this. You know this. It, it's easier. Maybe you got a grandparent or somebody, auntie, uncle, somebody. You go to their house, and if they're lawful, you scared to open the refrigerator door. True? But if they're loving, you have freedom. If they're loving, you'll sit and talk with them. You might even tell them some of the stupidness you're going through. But if they got the belt, you ain't confessing nothing. I didn't do nothing. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> I don't know nothing. So, love, love allows people to come out of the closet. And the ones that want to be saved will be saved. That's, that's what I offer you this morning. Come out of your hiding places. Let God love on you. And you love on him just... Whoever you are right now, you just love on him. Whoever you are today, you're going to be different tomorrow. Who needs a word today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says God is love. Mm If I say wagoneer, what, is, is there a vehicle that's like a wagon? Is it has that name? Well, wagoneer, 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 a, a, like a vehicle. 
Mm -hmm. A wagon is a vehicle, right? Kind of like a station wagon, right? Yes? Hello, who's all the car people? Huh? What? And what did I say? A wagoneer. Yeah. Does Volkswagen have a wagoneer? Huh? huh? A Jeep wagoneer. Who answered that question? Because you are the person. I find that amazing. You was the person I was looking at when I heard that. Yeah. So that's, that's like a Jeep. Yeah. I, I guess it's a, a long, long type of Jeep. Yeah. Let's see if we... Let Everett stand too. Stand also. Now, back in y'all's younger days, younger, younger, younger days, that'd be a cute girl in school. Now, <laughs> tell me, am I right? Both of y'all kind of like that. Especially you. You like it? Yes or no? Yes, my friend. I don't know what it looks like. Let me see. Nigel wants to see too. Mm -hmm. oh boom, 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 boom. What kind of phone is that? Uh, a Wagoneer phone? <laughs> uh huh. I got you. It went off. Uh huh. Ooh, that's a big one. Uh huh. Who, and Jeep makes that? Mm hmm. Your father has one. What? You have one of them. A wagoneer? Uh huh. It's a similar thing. Uh huh. That's that's the new one you got. No, I remember before we drive one. Look at Oh, it's down there now. Uh huh. That's the other one. Not the one you recently got. No. Uh huh. All right. See, you can't imagine. I'm just letting him stand up. I don't know why I'm letting him stand up, but I, I heard to say let him stand up. Do you, do you like that? Yes, prophet. Yes. Why you like that? It's like it kind of luxurious and space and big and you know. I my kind of I like them kind of thing. That, that's your kind of thing. Yeah, that's your kind of thing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. That's your kind of thing. All right. So God knows what your kind of thing is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Everett? Um. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, if I like the car, prophet. 
Mm-hmm. If I like, if I like that, if I like that car profit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was thinking about buying a, a seven seater at some point. Seven seater. Yeah, like a. Yeah. Yes, it is. I always talk about uh-huh. seven seater profit. Uh huh. So you like, are. Yeah. That's a seven seater. Yeah, I even know that. Uh-huh. I always talk uh-huh. about seven seater. Uh huh. And you was thinking about getting a seven seater. Yeah. Who's the six people gonna sit in that seven seater? But profit is just for like um, was a four by four version that I was looking at, right? So it's like the van I have now, but you could actually to a family, and still have the four by four feature. And still have the what? Four by four feature. Four by four, and we need that in Trinidad, don't we? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four by four. Mm. What do you need a four by four in Trinidad? <laughs> Up, up, uphill, the kind of roads we have, uphill. A four before ain't gonna get you out of no pothole. Money <laughs> <laughs> pothole, but everybody beach and. People buy four before all the time and they never get off road. But it, they just feel bad as they got the power. Well, I got a four by four. Caleb, you would think there's no way that that would ever happen. Yes. In your heart, that's the way you feel. There's True. no way that would ever happen. True. But that's not true with God. Amen. 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 Now, let me show you why you don't think that would ever happen to you. Bottom line is, you are not loved enough. You are not loved enough, and you are not loving enough. Hmm. Okay. See, everything we have, hmm. we assess it by love. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, they was always doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. They believed Job was, was holy because of what he possessed. As soon as he lost it, they're all calling him a sinner. So whether we realize it or not, our possessions under law, under law, under law says if I do what's right, I will be blessed. If I do what's right, yes, then good things will come to me. Bottom line, dollars, nice vehicles, nice houses, all these things. We assess every possession by law. And that's why most Christians are poor because you do not get it under law. Though that's the way the world tries to work. And the world is very deceiving in their their mannerisms of doing it. But we assess ourselves. Yes? Uh, If if we don't have a nice house, then we, we assess that God doesn't love me like everybody else. And as long as you remain under law... Your mind determines your success. That's why, that's why uh, wicked people sometimes they prosper because they sear their conscience. So for a season, they're blessed. But when payday comes, it comes hard on them. But for Christians, and when we come into church, if we don't come out from law, we are more cursed because now... I mean, think about it. When you come to church, 
right? When you first come to church outside, you weren't that bad of a sinner. As compared to when you come to church and then found out all the other things you're doing that's sinful. Right? Who can understand pride and lust and all those things? I, I, I don't even know where they breathe or not unless that might be functioning. So actually becoming a Christian, for most Christians you end up being more cursed than people outside. Because you did not receive the full redemption as a child of God. You just got forgiven for your sins. But now you're trying to live by law. And who can live by law? Because every Sunday, the preacher comes up with a new one. <laughs> uh, anybody ever feel that way? Alright, alright, alright. I'm pretty holy. I'm doing pretty good. And then that preacher comes up with a new sin. I done and fell from grace again, you know. <laughs> so, hey. Oh. Ah. Um, so, I, w I want you to understand how much law dictates everything because we think so. We don't have money. We must not be loved. It, the conversation goes on inside here. So, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Hmm? The truth is, I may never, ever get you to feel better about yourself. Because sometimes the flesh, God is not about fixing the flesh. He's about empowering the spirit. When you, the spirit is empowered then you can rule over the flesh. God is not coming to sanctify your old flesh. God is not coming so you can have more discipline, so you can have more pride about yourself, about how good you are. The Lord ain't coming to fix your flesh. He's coming to empower your spirit so that you have power over the flesh and that the mind is no longer controlled by the flesh, but by the spirit. Why would God focus so much on the flesh when flesh and blood can't enter the kingdom of heaven? So for most of you, I can't make you no better. You can't fix yourself. You are who you are in the flesh. But who you are in the spirit. Huh? In the flesh, you may be a broken down Toyota for the rest of your life. <laughs> now, if, if you was raised in an upper crest family or something like that, all right, you, you're just destined for this the rest of your life. Everybody realize you, you're judging yourself and you're hindering yourself about what God can do. And you come into church every Sunday thinking you're going to fix yourself. But then you realize you can't because the preacher always coming up with new sins and, and you're always working at being this better person and the more rules there are, the worse you get at it. So you ain't getting no closer to God. Some of you need to face the truth. Yes? You were as closer to God five years ago than you was today. You were as closer to God when you got saved than you are today. Some of you are as closer to God last year. Huh? You should have committed suicide and went to heaven last year. But you don't got worse. Am I telling the truth? Huh? 
That's what the fathers in the, in the book of Acts said. You know, we have all these laws and we can't obey them ourselves. So in your flesh, your flesh may never get better than some hand-me-down Toyota. Because that's where you was raised at, that's where you was born at, and you can't get much above your raising. You can steal, but you still come down to your raising. Hmm? That's why some of you don't see no breakthrough. You ain't going to get no breakthrough as long as you live in the flesh. Huh? That's why some of you ain't going to see no husband. Huh? Until you get desperate and you just choose one. Huh. Huh. And guess what? Curses live in the flesh. Now we try to prove this theory wrong, but very seldom do we ever see anybody get above their raisin. Sometimes they get below their raisins. I don't know if that makes you a prune or what that makes you, but you get below it. And listen, don't be insulted by that. Uh huh. If you was raised poor and you are poor, don't be insulted by that. But that's your flesh. That's not what God has for you. That's what your ancestors has for you. Huh? You ever realize that? You know, wealthy people, their children tend to be wealthy every now and then. You find one go up a little bit or down a little bit. Poor people, they tend to always stay poor. It's just a mindset. Ain't got nothing to do with lotto or nothing else. I don't know why poor people play the lotto. <laughs> their ancestors never won anything. <laughs> I want somebody to hear me today. So you, you may not, you may not ever, I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Cato, Brother Cato. Maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe the wheels of good fortune will turn a little bit and you will get something a little bit better. And what your daddy drives, your mama drives, and maybe the, the wheel of fortune, you know. Uh, because that's, that's where we're at, and that's who we are in the flesh. And, and you're fighting against yourself. So with man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible, including this vehicle. Now, obviously, we can forfeit the blessings of God. Obviously, we can turn away from God. Obviously, we can be stubborn and keep developing and keep reaping our same old karma. That is a given. But don't hear me wrong. I am not saying you have to become a good person for God to bless you with that. Because even if you became a good person, you still wouldn't deserve that. In the course of things. It's about trying. It's about believing that God is so loving. He wants to give you that. Now the question is. That God wants to give you that. Do you love God more now? 
And do you want to be more loving? Now, granted, you want to be, you, you, you love him more because he gave you something. But whether or not, if you're falling in love with him, that's a question only heaven can answer. Huh? See, I could give you a prophecy, and, and that prophecy come to pass, and now you love me, you love the church, you know. Until a bandit takes it, and then... Uh, uh, like that woman that didn't have no child and the prophet prayed and she got a child and then a little while later the child died and she tracked him down she didn't tell nobody she tracked him down God so loves and you can't tell God who to love and God wants to bless your life but you've got to come out from under the law because the law is the thing that's saying you don't deserve it. Because the thing about being good is you know you'll never be good enough and it will always be judging you and you will always be judging other people. And so you're not in the grace of God. When you come out from under law, see, if, if God lived by law, he'd have to take into consideration of how you treat your wife, how you behave in church, all the things you do. He'd have to take that in consideration. Everybody understand? If God lived by law, he don't live by law. Huh? Somebody goes to work early in the morning, somebody comes to work late at night, he gives them all the same pay. We don't like that scripture. Unless, of course, we just a lazy worker that came late. Then we, then we love it. See, that's the God we come in communication with. So if he wants to bless you, he can bless you. And all you have to do is believe that he's that loving. But it's hard to believe he's that loving and not love him in return. Hmm? You know, there's something interesting about the thief on the cross. I believe the thief on the cross fell in love with Jesus. Because the thief on the cross says, we, we deserve what we got. But you didn't do nothing. A thief on the cross, what, what he's saying is, I don't pick no bad vibes up about you. you. You're a nice person. You ever been around somebody and you just know they're a nice person? Huh? says, I don't know what this kingdom is you're talking about. I don't know, I don't know where that is. But when you, when you enter, <laughs> remember me. Huh? I think he fell in love with him. Fall in love with God. Come out from under law. Just believe he's so loving. He's not going to give you what you deserve. You receive that? All right. It's yours. Everett, you just spoke to reap of that. Yes, God ain't forgot you. Yes, we go through things. Lord knows everything we go through. Yes, and this is one thing I've learned to always say. All things work out for the good. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Always say that. Amen. Even if your flesh don't believe it, say it anyway. All things work out for the good. 
Hmm? All things. You just be still. Yes? Sometimes you got to be still and let God fix things. Right? You can't fix them yourself. You can't fix them yourself. You can't replace them. You got to let God do it. All right. Who else I'm looking for? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if you just let God love you? Just he first loved us, you know. Why don't you just let God love you? Why don't you quit trying to earn it? Uh, just come out from under the belt. Come out from earning it. Uh, we under that belt and we say, I don't deserve because I've been a bad person. We say we've been a good person, but we're under the belt too. Why don't we just stop it and admit God's love far outdoes our love. And somebody that loves like that hmm, encourages me to love. I want to be like that. I want, I want, I want that love. I, I, want, I want that. I want that life. I want that life is not hiding. That life is not afraid to live. That life is not afraid of somebody being jealous and taking what I got. Isn't that something? Some of us so cursed. We so cursed that if we got blessed, we think somebody's jealousy can take it away from us. <laughs> true? Is it true? Yes. We're so cursed. Ah. We're so cursed. Somebody give us a thousand dollars a day. Somebody gonna rob us. <laughs> like God just gave you a thousand dollars just to rob you. That's what you get. That's the mind, you know. That's not God, you know. That's not God. That's your mind. That's your mind under law. Under law. Mm. Who am I looking for? Somebody has something that they have to do today at 5 o'clock. Somebody has something they have to do today at 5. That's who? You too. Got something you got to do today at 5. What you got to do today at 5? We have to go to Pastor Michael's church. Okay. I actually heard the I heard the Lord say five o'clock shadow, and I thought, hey, hey, what's that? Everybody know what five o'clock shadow is, then? Anybody, nobody know what five o'clock shadow? Is what? And the shadow would be falling as I just like some of these answers. Who else got an opinion what five o'clock? Not not you, you American. Shh. <laughs> Nobody know what five o'clock shadow is? Uh, 
So you've been in America too? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like when a man shaves in the morning. If he's a real man, he's got a shadow by the afternoon. Yeah, that's what I mean. If he's a real man, I ain't talking about these men that wear dresses, but if he's a real man, uh, he's shaving in the morning, he got a shadow. Five o'clock shadow. Now, for you ladies, I don't know what to say about you. I'll just leave y'all alone. But I, I was hearing five o'clock shadow, but I thought, that's strange. That's not what the Lord means by that. It's five o'clock and shadow. is two separate words. Five o'clock and shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, some things, some, some things precede us. So y- y'all go on this afternoon and Something is preceding you. And what's preceding you is the limitations of God. Limitations, not necessarily that God has placed there, but the limitations of where you're going. So it's like a shadow that, that, that's, that's kind of following you, right? So it's, it's like you're going, but you're not expecting a lot. You follow? See, when you move within the realm of man, I don't want to sound too hocus pocus. When you move within the realm of man and the realm of flesh, your speculations will probably be right. But when you move in the realm of the spirit, oh Lord, I sound religious. When you move in the realm of the spirit, then anything can happen. Because you're letting God be in control. And if God is in control, if he can just use the two of you and he can be in control, that triumphs anything else in the flesh. Anything is possible. So, remove some of that. Especially you, Tanik. You think you're limited. (laughs) Uh, you're not expecting like you don't know what happened <laughs> receive yeah yes receive amen but someone else you 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 have a meeting this afternoon Somebody else, somebody on this side, you have a meeting this afternoon. Something around five o'clock, maybe four or five. Something you've planned to do this afternoon. Who is that? You had plans. I mean, all of us got probably got some kind of plans for this afternoon. But it's like you was going to meet with somebody this afternoon. That's you. I don't know if that's you. I think it's right in here. But go ahead. Who you meeting with? Mm-hmm. Prophet, I went to visit my mom at the hospital and visiting hours closes at five. So I have to be there before five o'clock. Before five. Yeah. All right. So you're not the one, but let's see if I have a word for you. Mm-hmm. 
the Lord says you have life with you and wherever you go life will be present right but not everybody will live hmm. what that means is trust God sometimes you wonder what more could you do that's, a, that's, that's kind of a dumb question we do that and of course that thought is under law what more could I do well, somebody's sick or what have you. What more could I do? <clears throat> and we always usually beat up on ourselves. Well, I could have prayed more. I should have prayed more. I should have prayed more. You beat up on yourself. Yes? Don't matter how many hours you pray. If God don't answer, he don't answer. You, you think after 20 hours, God says, all right, you can have it. You really think you could aggravate God? God could go sit in Africa and you'd never find him. So we can always do that. And maybe sometimes we should pray more or do more. But sometimes it's too late. We need to always embrace a God that's on time. We need to always embrace a God that's loving. Always embrace a God that's into the living and not the dying. Always trust him. Mm. So when you go, I want you to put your hand on your mother's head. Right? Just put your hand there. Don't have to say anything. Don't have to pray anything. Just put your hand there. Just because the prophet said so. Yes, prophet. Mm. Yes. And so much peace is going to come. Right? There's a language that's in that hand that you don't know about. You just place your hand there. Right? Place your left hand because I'm left-handed. Place your left hand. Just because I said so. Yeah? Yes. You do that? Peace gone gone. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. You, we spend so much time beating up on ourselves about what we should do, shouldn't do. Anybody beat up on yourself because you don't pray enough? Yes. But, but you know, here's the thing. You should pray because you love God. Sometimes we don't pray because we love God. We pray because we ain't talked to God since last week. <laughs> is that true? And anymore, what do we do? This is what we do. We say, Lord, I repent. Lord, help me to pray more. Help me to pray more. But God would ask you this question. Why do you want to pray more? So I can feel closer. Why do you want to be close? So I can feel the power. I can feel the connection. See, it's all about you feeling better. It's not about love. And the reason some of us can't pray more, and God's not empowering you to pray more, because your love is not increasing. Just your religious activity. God rather have 15-minute prayer five-minute prayer from you and it be real now there's nothing wrong with increasing your love he'd rather have that five-minute prayer than a prayer that's 45 minutes long to the dot and you just saying anything you can come up with to look holy <laughs> or look like a good child 
He'd much rather you just be real. Give him the love you have. And it will be enough. And that love will grow and grow and grow and grow. If you have to time your prayer, you ain't praying for the right reason. If you have in the time your Bible reading, you ain't reading for the right reason. Huh? Now you might time your YouTube watching. And usually you break it. Hmm? If you could pray like you could YouTube. If you could pray like you could YouTube. Oh. The power. Did I get an amen? Say I caught you in a lie. You ain't gonna get nothing else. <laughs> caught you. Because you think if you pray longer, you get more. Still law. Still law. But now if you could love God like you love YouTube. But I'm not even sure you love YouTube. You know what YouTube is a distraction from real life. We're just trying to distract ourselves. Till morning comes or this comes or till our blessing comes or till somebody cools down or till the wrath passes. We just we're just distracting ourselves. We spend so much time missing life. We're trying to distract it. That's not love. And see, some of you can't pray. You know why you can't pray? You can't pray because you don't pray. Think about it. Some of you don't pray. Why? Because you don't pray. In other words, you can't pray because when you pray, you don't feel like God's listening to you. Why is God not listening to you? It's because you don't pray a lot. Hmm? You're, you think God's saying, huh? You're a stranger. Don't hear me wrong. There's nothing wrong with praying. But if, you, if you're just praying to be praying. and you See, you're focusing so much on being obedience, which is law. And you're not focusing on loving God. Love him with all your heart. With all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What? Six? I don't, I don't know. Is there somebody over here? You, you have a meeting at six? A what? A promotion is explain. A promotion, a giveaway for the store on Instagram. I'm starting it at six today. A giveaway. Yes, prophet. Ooh, what you giving away? Uh, airport. An airport. Yes, prophet. An airport. Yeah. <laughs> airport. <laughs> not a, not a. <laughs> airport. Have you heard about our building fund? I want to give away airports. <laughs> Does that come with or without the planes? That's why it's called an airport? It's a headphone airport. Headphone, I understand. Airport, I understand. You know, it's good to...
I mean, it's good to give away things, promote things. That's business. That's what we do. Under the law, we try to be a good store. We love you so much, we want to give you something away. <laughs> going to give something away. We're going to give something away. <laughs> We're going to give... I just feel the love. But that's life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you will hear this message, mm -hmm. if you will hear this message, God will take you to a place that you won't never have to worry about promoting anything. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. I heard it. <laughs> it just, it just, it's just coming. Amen. Amen. In fact, the struggle would be keeping up with it. <laughs> because you're going to draw according to your goodness. That's why we give something away. It's like a sin offering. According to our goodness. Huh? Now, anytime people promise me a promotion, they're going to give something away. I said, what's it cost? <laughs> oh, it's free. Nah, ain't nothing free. You want me to buy something. Mm -mm. But if you'll receive this word today yes, that was ministered, yes, you won't have to worry about ever doing that again. Yes, prophet. Everything you put your hands to, that drawing will be there. Huh? <laughs> Not based upon your goodness. Right? Not based upon your goodness. Have you, have you ever realized when um, there would be times in business where you would realize that, uh, you know, things ain't going good and things not going good with your husband. What That would affect the sales. All right. That's because your business is under law. Anybody hear me? When your behavior is affecting your business is because your business is under yes. law. Wow. It's not under God. God has so blessed <laughs> that your slip-ups don't slip his up. <laughs> that you understand the blessing of the Lord comes with grace. Huh? Uh, maybe occasionally something will happen just to bring you back to the right mind. But when you see that happening a lot in your business or whatever you're doing, nah, it's under law. It's not under grace. Under law. The way work goes, whatever it is you're doing, it's not going right. You know it's under law because what do you do? You say, what am I doing wrong? That's the mentality. What am I doing wrong? Or who did me wrong? Well, either I did wrong, somebody else did wrong. When you're doing that, you speak in law. You speak in law. And because of that, you're afraid. And because of that, you, you light candles. You put all olive oil <laughs> over everything. You do all kinds of things to break the curse. But the law is the curse. The curse is believing that. 
The curse is believing that if you misbehave or your husband misbehave or somebody in the church misbehaves, that that's going to affect it. Stop believing that. The promise of God is God. Amen. Hmm? Amen. Amen. Receive. I have seen the goodness of the Lord moving when by law it should not move. I have seen the goodness of God move in my own life when by law it should not move. Now, back when you're under law, you're trying to figure out the universe. Don't we? We try to figure out the universe. We're the, the cause and effect. We're trying to figure everything out. <laughs> the world is consumed with it. Oprah is consumed with it. Everybody consumed with it. Huh? The cause and effects. The cause and effects in your brain. <laughs> but it don't have to be in your pocket. Because I've seen the goodness of God. <coughs> Flow in my life, I've seen it flow in other people's lives. I've seen it flow in this ministry when it should have stopped. I've seen the goodness of God flow in this house when it should have stopped. Based upon some baboons or goats, I've seen time when the goodness of God should have stopped dead in its tracks because of things going on but the goodness of God did not stop it was it just going as if though there was nothing wrong Amen. the goodness of God was flowing no matter how messed up you think things are and how close you think you are to falling or <coughs> how close you think you are to the end the goodness of God is just flowing Woo! The only thing is you're mindful of it. You're repenting. You're doing whatever you need to do. But the goodness of God, it don't stop the flow of God. But if you believe it does, then whatever you're doing is under law. Take your business out from under law. <laughs> Take your life out from under law. Take your work out from under law. <coughs> Hallelujah. Don't live by the belt. Live by the love. Yes, Nicole. Have a blessed week.